Welcome to Go With Nugget. I'm Ranyana. And I'm Veronique. We're your hosts and travel companions. Hello. <laughs> Before we get started, we wanted to introduce you to another awesome kids podcast. Hey listeners, this is Greg Webb, the host of the Purple Rocket podcast a show that brings you educational audio adventures for kids. Explore the universe aboard the space train. Learn about new cultures with twins, Sawyer and Susie, as they travel the world using their grandpa's magical globe. Or learn a life lesson like why it's important to say, I'm sorry. Sorry. The Purple Rocket Podcast is full of fun original stories that the whole family will love. So check it out. You can find the Purple Rocket Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe. Become a Rocketeer today. All right, in today's episode, we're heading to Mysore in southern India, which used to be the royal city from which the Maharaja ruled the Mysore state. Maha... who? Maharaja. That's what you call a king in India. Okay, uh, are we going to meet the king? Because I'm not really dressed for royalty today. <laughs> uh, neither am I. And unfortunately, we're not going to meet him. The Kingdom of Mysore ended in 1947, after over 500 years. But we're going to meet 11-year-old Ahan, who's going to take us on a tour of the royal heritage of his hometown. We're going to learn about the beautiful royal palace, about elephant processions, and a famous dessert that was invented for one of the last Maharajas. We're also going to visit one of the most important tiger preserves in India. Oh, that sounds amazing. Um, but before we meet Ahan, shouldn't we figure out where we're going? That's a good idea, Veronique. We need a plan and we need a map. So why don't we look at the map together and find out where we're going? First, let's find the Asian continent. It's the biggest of all continent and it stretches from Europe all the way to the Pacific Ocean. Do you see it? Okay, now look for an upside down triangle at the bottom of the continent. Found it? Okay, that's India. Now let's find Mysore. Mysore is in the southeastern state of Karnataka. If you start from the bottom of the triangle and go up the west side, about halfway you'll find the state of Karnataka. From there, look inland and you'll see a city called Misuru, which is also known as Mysore. And that's where Ahan lives. My name is Ahan. 
I live in India, South India, and then I live in a small town called Mysore. Mysore is in a place called Karnataka. So then Karnataka's capital is Bangalore. Bangalore is where my cousins live and stuff, most of my cousins. I live with my parents and my older brother. Mysore is a beautiful city set at the foot of the Chamundi Hills, and it's often referred to as the city of palaces. There are seven palaces in total. The most important one is the Mysore Palace, which used to be where the Maharaja lived. And then one more thing about Mysore is the Mysore Palace. It's just absolutely gorgeous. I mean, like in 1957 or something, I mean, uh, like somewhere in the 19 times, like the old palace burned down and then later like the guys built a new palace and built down a new temple. The current Mysore Palace was built over 100 years ago after the previous one burnt down during a wedding. Mysore Palace is one of the most important tourist attractions in India, after the famous Taj Mahal. More than 6 million people visit the palace each year, and a lot of them come during the fall, when the palace is lit up for a special festival with over 100,000 lights. That's so many lights. That must be absolutely stunning to see. What's this festival? I don't know how to pronounce it because I, I'm not like like the royal family pronounces it in a different way. All of us pronounce it a different way. But it's called Dasara. Yeah, Dash, some guys call it Dashera. We all call it Dasara. If you live in Mysore, it's called Dasara. If you are a foreigner, they call it Dasera. Dasera is a 10-day Hindu festival that celebrates the victory of good over evil. It has been celebrated in the state of Karnataka for over 400 years. During the festival, the Mysore Palace is lit up and there is a huge parade through the city with dancers and music. The highlight of that parade is the elephant procession. If you'd like to see some pictures of the elephants and more of this spectacular parade, head to our episode page at nugget.travel. You can also see a video of the Mysore Palace all lit up. And if you're curious and would like to go yourself, Ahan has an insider tip on where you can get the best views of the lighting ceremony. If you want to see the palace light up, you should go on top of Chamundi Hill and watch it. It looks really, it's, it looks really good from Chamundi Hill. Another really impressive site is a famous dam which the Maharaja built for the people of Mysore. We have a river called a River Kaveri or something. As it flows, there's a dam called Kairis Dam. The dam is few hundred years old. It was done, I mean, the dam is so good that no problems with it. And then it was built with no modern machineries and stuff. Construction for the dam started over 100 years ago to help farmers with the irrigation of their crops. Irrigation is a way to water crops on a farm, either by channels or pipes. It took over 10,000 workers and 20 years to build the dam. 20 years? That is a long time to be working on one project. Yes, that is a very long time. The Mysore Dam was finished just around the same time as the Hoover Dam in the US. But unlike the Hoover Dam, which used a lot of cement and concrete, they used something called Surki mortar, because back then cement wasn't available in India, and they needed something else. Surki mortar is a mix of water and ground-up bricks. And that's strong enough to hold all the water in? <laughs> yes, it is. Although Ahan sometimes worries about what might happen when it rains a lot. It gets really scary when when it rains heavily and stuff. 
because you don't know think it's a damn brace and you're standing there the water will just come and sweep you away so it's kind of scary but yeah it's fine it's good that does sound scary does it rain that much in Mysore at times yes Mysore has what is called a tropical savanna climate with a distinct dry season and a very wet rainy season this rainy season is created by the southeast asian monsoon and monsoon is a wind pattern that causes such rains monsoon winds reverse their direction between winter and summer they bring wet summers and dry winters to the regions where they blow about for about 3 months we had that kind of bad weather it rains a lot i mean over here it rains a lot i mean just and then like we have the we have the river water to sustain us for the summer and then after summer the rains pour in oh wow that does sound like a lot of rain well, i can see why the dam is important so that in the dry season the farmers can have water when they need it yes absolutely without the irrigation from the dam it would be much harder to grow all the crops for their food and there is a lot of very delicious food unique to mysore here's one of ahan's favorites so i'll tell you the famous things of mysore mysore has idlis it's basically a rice clumped up into balls uh, like not not exactly a ball like a and like a oval shapeish is basically a ball is basically a ball and then it's been flattened out but not completely flattened out and then it's as because it's rice it, it gets that um, white color and then right with the white color they eat with sambar sambar is like a is something like a gravy or curry it has vegetables and then with, with a bit, bit of dal idli is supposed to be eaten with sambar and then something called vada it's basically like a donut shape vada is this batter which is uh, made into a donut shape and it's deep fried a deep fried donut Oh, that vada sounds right up my alley. But even better than a donut is Mysore pak. No, yeah, Mysore Mysore pak is something which is invented in Mysore and it's famous. I mean, think you you won't find a single Mysorean who doesn't know what Mysore pak is. It is like a center of attraction. It's like if you're a Mysorean, you have to know it. It's like a rule. Mysore pak is a traditional dessert often served for special occasions. It's not too hard. It's soft. You can you can have it pretty easily. It's it's actually really soft. So basically, when you take a bite of it, and you don't have to, if you just put it in your mouth, it it'll, it'll break into pieces and it it'll fall into your mouth automatically. It's it's packed with a lot of ghee and stuff. So think when you're eating and stuff, you'll have all you you'll you'll have a lot of ghee ghee on your hands. Mysore pak is made of sugar, chickpea flour, cardamom, and a lot of Ghee. Ghee? What exactly is that? Ghee is the Hindi word for fat. It's basically the fat that's left over after the water and milk solids are taken out of the butter. It is very common in traditional Indian cuisine and favored by so many cooks because it doesn't burn as easily as butter. And it has a slightly nutty flavor, which adds to the deliciousness of Mysore pak. Mysore pak does sound delicious. It does. And legend has it that it was invented by the chef of the Maharaja. The Maharaja loved food and was almost like a modern-day foodie. He sounds like my kind of guy. <laughs> you do like your food. Um, in addition to the food, the Maharaja also enjoyed music and had a deep love of animals. 
so much so that he built himself his own zoo. When it was first built, it wasn't open to the public, but today everyone in Mysore can enjoy it, and it's one of Ahan's favorite places to go. As I remember, when I was about four to five years old, I used to go there every day and see all the animals. You can find anything there. You can find anacondas, you can find crocodiles, you can get monitor lizards, you can get... Oh yeah, they have Komodo dragons, they have crocodiles, they have lions, they have tigers, leopards. And at one point in time, they had a white tiger, as I remember. There was the only white tiger, I mean, there was a white female tiger. With over 168 species, the zoo has tried to recreate the natural habitat of many of its residents. Protecting the animals in its care is very important to the zoo. So much so that any visitor buying a treat in the zoo will have to surrender any plastic wrappers right there and then. Zoo is very strict. So if you take a if you take a packet of biscuit, what they do is they they open the a plastic wrapper. They like to take your biscuit and they put it in a newspaper wrapper and then they wrap it and then they, they put tape and they give it back to you because they don't want anyone throwing the plastic and stuff into the animal enclosure and something happened to it. I think that's a really smart idea. That way, wrappers can't accidentally get into the animal enclosures and hurt the animals who might mistake it for food. But I heard that something much bigger once made its way into one of the enclosures. Oh yes, I almost didn't believe Ahan when he told me. One day, the leopards in the zoo had a surprise visitor. But before we find out who that was, here's a quick message for all the parents listening. Family travel isn't always easy. It's complicated. It can be messy. But at Nugget, we're here to help make your travel planning a lot easier. We've created a travel podcast for parents by parents called Go With Nugget for Parents. Each episode, you'll hear from a local parent about their hometown and discover all the nuggets of advice you need for your perfect family vacation. It's really inspiring and full of local insights. So when you're done with this episode, search for Go With Nugget for Parents and start dreaming about your next family trip. And in the meantime, let's find out who visited the leopards in the zoo. Something really funny happened in the zoo, okay? All the leopards are looking up, okay? Huh? One more leopard, one more leopard which doesn't belong to the zoo, is sitting in the tree and communicating with the ones in the cage. All, all the female leopards and male leopards and all, like they're all screaming. Like they removed everyone from the zoo. Some guys say that that uh, leopard was damn, it, it, it was injured and it didn't have food. And then it came to the zoo thinking, thinking that there's food. And then it's come from Chamundi Hill. That is wild. Um, I'm sure the Maharaja wasn't thinking any wild animals would be strolling into his zoo. <laughs> I don't think so. If he wanted to see animals in the wild, the Maharaja would just go to his private hunting reserve. Today, thankfully, this reserve is no longer used for hunting and has been turned into the Bandipur Tiger Reserve. It's another one of Ahan's favorite places. Like the proper tiger reserve is Bandipur. Everything's so green. I mean, it's just so many different flowers. You won't get you you won't go you won't go for more than fifteen meters without before seeing something. You'll see a tiger. You'll see a bird. You, you can't go for more than three minutes in, in the jungle without seeing anything. Wow, that sounds incredible. I've always wanted to see a tiger in its natural habitat. So how do you get around the reserve? 
I'm not sure I'd want to walk with tigers roaming around. <laughs> you definitely don't want to walk around. And you can't walk around. You can't even drive your car. You're only allowed to enter the reserve with a guide and use their vehicles. Um, so basically this driver, this driver is your, he's your tracker, he's your navigator, he's everything. You go in an open jeep. And every, everyone will bring their lucky charm, lucky t-shirt and stuff just for the tiger to come. I mean, if it wants to come, it'll come. And then once, like this time, we missed the tiger by three minutes. I guess you have to be really lucky to see a tiger. Yes, you do. Tigers are very elusive creatures. But there used to be one tiger that wasn't as shy as the others. Manipur uh, sometime back uh, had a tiger called Prince. I mean, that tiger was, he was huge. He was never scared of humans. All tigers and stuff, like they're not too comfortable to stay near you, right? Huh? They're scared. But Prince used to come right next to your next. Uh, Prince didn't mind coming to your right next to your face and um uh, say something. Prince was Prince used to give poses when people used to take photo of him, take photos of him. That like many many guys when they should when they used to take a photo, he used to come so close. People used to shake their hands and they couldn't take a photo. I mean they they were so scared of him, but he he was never scared of humans. Prince sadly passed away, but the circle of life continues. Once Ahan was lucky enough to see a mother tiger with her babies. It was it was a tigeress with three cubs. What happened is, like, it was crossing its cubs. It had to take them from point A to point B. For some reason, they were crossing. So later, we saw only two cubs. I mean, we saw the third one stick its head up and then it was saying something, okay? I mean... I mean, they look really cute. So later, like, the when we saw, the mother was in point B. She came back to point A, picked one more cub up, went and brought... Uh, she, when we saw her, she had already taken, put one there, and she was com- she's coming back to pick up another one. Oh, what a good mama tiger. Does that mean that the tiger population is growing? Yes, it does. The, the tiger populations these days are not decreasing, they're increasing. So that's that's a really nice. I mean, like at one point time, we were left with about eighty tigers from from five hundred. So we had come down so much. Now we are now now we are about two hundred. So then, what I am saying, I mean, it's nice for us to finally from from going down. It's nice for us to come back up. This is an incredible success story, and it's all thanks to the hard work by everyone at Bandipur. I have to say hats off to the forest department people too. They're taking care of it so much that, that they have something called an anti-poaching camp. So what basically happens in, in the anti-poaching camp? So later, like the, these guys are left off for 15-20 days. Their job is to take the jeep and go all, like, like sorry, to go on foot all around the jungle to find poachers, poachers, traps and all this stuff. In order to maintain and grow the tiger population, it is very important to keep away those trying to poach tigers to sell their fur for a profit. The conservation work at Bandipur creates a safe habitat for tigers and a lot of other animals that call the preserve home. And then you get bears, you get, you get sloth bears. They're really cute. You get leopards, monarch lizards, um, just a crazy many, many varieties of birds. 
One of the birds that's native to India and many of you may have seen at a zoo is the peacock. When we went there, we found about 20 peacocks and 20 peons. I mean, I think that that was the that that was the mating. I think that was the mating season. You know why? Because every time you saw you saw peacock or peon, they were always together. And then another thing is the peacocks were very um, ferocious. I I've never seen a peacock that ferocious ever before. I mean, a peacock literally was just chasing one away just for just for that that peacock to stay away from his female. Another time, Ahan was lucky enough to see a mongoose having lunch. When I saw a mongoose, it had, it had just killed a snake and it was eating on it. I mean, mongoose are very, very shy actually. But but this one's small. It was very ferocious because it thought that we are, that we are some animal who's going to eat off that snake. It was a really unique sight. But Ahan's guide quickly backed away so that the mongoose could enjoy its food in peace and quiet. As good travelers, we always want to keep our distance from wild animals and give them their space so we don't scare them. And we never ever want to feed wild animals. That's a really good point, Rinyana. I love what Bandipur Tiger Reserve is doing to protect the animals and help maintain a healthy tiger population. Hopefully, one day, I get the chance to visit with my kids. I would love to visit too. My boys love tigers, and with their sweet tooth, they would also love to eat some of that Mysore puck, or try the vada, the Indian donut. Mmm, me too. And I also loved hearing about the Dussehra festival and everything the Maharaja did for Mysore. What did you like the most? Send us a note and let us know. A huge thank you to Ahan for helping us produce this episode and for sharing with us so much about his city and its amazing sights and wildlife. If you love this episode, please leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a Go With Nugget adventure. And if you want to share where you live or want to know about a place you're super curious about, we want to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at nugget.travel. Maybe you'll be next on our show. Until next time. Thanks for listening. This episode was written and produced by Rinyana Armstrong and Veronique Klengwa-Kinsey. Our theme song was written and composed by Andrew and Polly from Ear Snacks. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for our next Go With Nugget adventure.